So like Beth said, we have been doing this series called Summer in the Psalms. And one of the fun things uh, happening throughout this series is that um, I've invited uh, a variety of different folks from within our church body, some in-house communicators, to preach the message. And uh, so that's what we get again this morning. Many of them, you know, it's their first time ever communicating a sermon and a message. So just shout them, you know, just encourage them, say, yes, amen, you know, encourage them afterwards. But, you know, more than, you know, these folks having an opportunity to communicate or more than them doing a good job, I just believe God wants to speak to us through these psalms. And last week was awesome. Stephen preached last week through Psalm 8. It's just some gold that came out of that. And so, you know, we're not here just listening to a communicator. We're here, in a sense, really listening to God. Lord, what do you want to do in me? So this morning is Psalm 23. And I just feel like there's something that God really wants us to receive this morning and get to know him as our good shepherd. All right? So you guys help me welcome, welcome up the preacher this morning, Sarah Paul. Give it up for Sarah. Woo, 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 Sarah. Yeah. I'm going to invite Stephen up as well. Stephen's going to pray over his wife here, and then we'll jump into the message. Woo. All right. Dear God, thank you for this mighty woman of God. Thank you for the words that you've given her today to, to speak over us um, in truth. And I just pray that you give her a calm heart and a pure thought. Um, as to who you and who you are and the words that you want to be spoken in your name. Amen. Thanks. Good morning, everyone. Being in the presence of God is so amazing, right? So we've already experienced that. We're going to experience this the whole next 30 minutes, and then you get to do it again at the end. And then whenever you leave, you're still going to be in the presence of God because he's always here. And so he's always near. Um, yes, so this is a little bit about me, just to give you some background knowledge of Sarah Paul. Uh, I am the wife to Stephen. We've been married for 12 years, and <laughs> we have three incredible, amazing kids that run around here. There's Emerson, who's nine, Micah is six, and Theo is two, almost three. I am an elementary school teacher by trade, so that's, you'll get some of that today as I teach you. Um, I am a daughter and a friend, but most importantly, I am a God of the one true king. And so today, I hope just to give you an insight into Psalm 23. I started following Jesus whenever I was around 10 years old, and I was always drawn to him, even from a really early age. I definitely quenched this Holy Spirit, though, in my teenage years through rebellion and, and sin, but praise God that he brought me back to himself in, the 20, in my 20s. And I met Stephen at the University of Arkansas, so we're natives to Arkansas, woo pig. Um, and we went and worked at Camp Four Eagle, and then we got married, and um, it's been great. It's been awesome. We were plugged into a church for about 10 years, just out of college, kind of in college too, I guess. And we, um, just because of some doctrinal things, we had to walk away from that body of believers. It was so hard, but we found Antioch, and so that's how we ended up here in January of 2020, we started going to the Holiday Inn on the very first service. Yeah. Who else misses the Holiday Inn? I do. I loved that carpet and just how pure it was. It was great. It's great here, too. So uh, you can ask Stephen. I really do talk about the Holiday Inn a lot. Um, so anyway, okay, so we love being part of this community. We love learning more about Jesus together every single week. And come check out a life group. It's great. Um, so today we're going to hang out in Psalm 23. The author is David, King David. And just a point of view into the Psalms from like my perspective, they've kind of been confusing to me my whole life. 
It's not the place that I've hung out in the Bible. But praise God, he, his mercies are new every single morning, and he is showing himself to me through the Psalms. Uh, even through Psalm 23, it's just been amazing what he has shown me. You know, whenever you get to get up here and like teach, you actually learn more and you get the most out of it. So thank you, God. Um, I was going through my journal the other day and this kind of was just a revelation of Psalms to me because I was thumbing through trying to hold on to some promises that God is giving me. And my emotions are like this. They're up they're down, they're sideways, they're in, they're out. I'm happy, I'm sad, I'm lamenting, I'm praising God. And then I thought, Lord, this is what the Psalms are. It's a book of praises that we, he's okay with our emotions. And we see that in the Psalms. There's lament and there's joy and there's sorrow and there's sadness. And um, he's okay with it. He's the creator of our emotions. And so just today, as you reflect on um, Psalm 23, wherever you're at on the spectrum, God's great with it. He's okay with it, and he loves you. He's your shepherd. Um, in Psalm 23, David is reflecting, and he's praising Yahweh. So this is kind of a song, a psalm of praise um, for his provision, for his protection, and for his promises. David might have felt a little scared. We'll see in some context of his shepherd life, but you know that King Saul has been had or King Saul did seek his head for years and years and years. So he might have been a little scared, might have been a little happy, might have been a little bit of all of it. So my goal for you today is also to see Psalm 23 in a new light as a shepherd, because you'll see um, what my point of view of a shepherd is, and then really like what David's point of view of a shepherd is. Uh, so let's pray just that God will open up our eyes and our hearts, and then we'll read Psalm 23. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're here. God, that you are here always with us, God. Thank you. God, would you open up our ears and our minds to Psalm 23. Holy Spirit, speak through me and anything that is not from you. God, just let it fall from people's ears. God, I just pray that, th that they'll hold on to one truth, Jesus, that you have for them today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let's read Psalm 23. You can open it up in your Bible if you haven't already. It's a couple of verses, and we're going to go verse by verse after we read the whole thing together, okay? All right, Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's look at verse 1. Before this psalm declares anything that the Lord will do for you, David is declaring that Yahweh is a great shepherd. And as we look closer to this psalm, I want you to see that Jesus is a perfect provider too. Remember, David was a shepherd by trade growing up, so he has credibility to paint a picture of what the Lord as a shepherd means to him. He, um, let's look at some pictures too of 
some shepherds. So this is kind of what my brain thought whenever this word started to speak to me in Psalm 23. I think shepherds are kind of like Ireland or Scotland. I don't know. I've never been there, but I assume this is what it looks like. But it's just green and it's calm. And like the shepherd has a piece of grass in his mouth and he's just like hanging out. Right. Really peaceful. But instead, as I've done research, this is really what being a shepherd looks like in the Judean hills. I don't know if anyone's been to the Holy Land. I have not. I'd love to go one day. But this is what it looks like in the wilderness where shepherds keep their flocks. It's a little bit different. So I want your mind to shift whenever David says, like, he is a good shepherd. Um, David knows the dangers of being a shepherd, too. He knew what it took to provide for his sheep and to protect them. Um, even if you look at that bottom picture, something neat is those little like tracks. That's where they lead the sheep on the side of the mountain. So it creates this like path to go. Um, let's look at first Samuel 17, 34 through 37, just to look more into David's life. This was whenever he was about to go and face Goliath, right? You know, this story or maybe not. So he's a, he's a boy and he is a shepherd and he's about to go face Goliath And so this is what looking or being a shepherd during his time looked like. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him. I struck him. I delivered it out of his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and I struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Okay, that's not the shepherd that I think that I've thought of in the past, right? That, that's pretty intense. There are sh- there are there are lions, there are bears, there is danger, and a shepherd knows how to protect his sheep. And more things about David and shepherds in the Judean hillside. They have to know the terrain, too. You thought it, you remember that path? They have to know the paths that lead to the pastures. They have to know where the water is. They love their sheep because they're going after them if they get lost. They're defending them from lions and bears. It also takes courage to be a shepherd. Not sure that I want to go live in the desert like that with rocky terrain and lions and bears and dangerous thieves. It also takes a ton of strength to be a shepherd. So if you lose a sheep and then you have to carry it out of those those hillsides or if it injured sheep or whatever, that would be kind of tricky. Um, a sheep, a shepherd also knows how many sheep that they have. They're constantly counting their sheep. They're constantly knowing, do, are, are they all here? They know them. They might name them. Probably not, but they may be, they might. But they know their sheep. They're counting them, and they're, they're going to find them if they're lost. Jesus is a good shepherd. He lays down his life for his sheep, and there are so many parallels from Jesus's life to the life of a shepherd. Let's look at John 10 now. This is Jesus talking to Pharisees about how he is a good shepherd. And I want you to start to think of the parallels between Yahweh, God as a great shepherd, and Jesus as a great shepherd, and how David's telling us that he is. John 10, 10 (coughs) through 15 says, and this is Jesus talking to Pharisees, after he just healed a blind man, they were upset at him for doing that. 
He says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I come so that they can have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and he doesn't care nothing for the sheep. But I'm the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know my father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Praise God. Jesus is a good shepherd. He doesn't leave us behind. He comes and he provides for us. In uh, Psalm 23 verse 2, he says that he makes me lie, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. So the pictures that we saw the Judean hillside doesn't really look green like I thought. Um, it's a lot more rocky, but there there is provision there. There are these little tufts of vegetation, and the shepherd knows where they are, and so he can lead the sheep to the true rest that they need. Um, so they can get the sustenance that they need to keep going. Uh, and he makes us lie down and rest too. So the shepherd, if a shepherd is present, then the sheep can rest easier, right? His presence makes us feel that we are safe and protected. Verse three in Psalm 23 says that he restores my soul. If you um, also think about just walking along in the desert, that would probably get a little tiring. So it's amazing what food and water can do for your soul. After a long journey, that can give you the energy and the, um, the things that you might need to restore your soul and keep going. A personal story that I have for God just providing for me and, being a, a, and showing provision in my life. He's provided for me so many times, but one thing that sticks out to me most is my health and just sustaining me. Whenever I was 16, I was diagnosed with leukemia, and so I had a three-year journey of, like, intense chemotherapy, and he sustained me during that. And it was kind of in that picture, that imagery of, like, this path with little greenery to, like, eat as a sheep, because I'm a sheep. You can just picture me as a sheep on the hillside like you. And then, like, I get to the next little bit of green, and I get some more substance, He's leading me to the pasture, but he also is feeding me along the way. Um, so with health, there's also a lot. I've literally been close to death several times. And so he has provided a way, though, for me to, like, stand here today and giving me breath in my lungs. Um, even recently, I've had some health issues that they really can't pinpoint what's going on. And But there's so much provision. God is providing so much in my life. And uh, even the most recent Mexico trip that my family went on to the Tijuana mission trip and during spring break, we started to wonder, like, should I go? <laughs> because I really, it was a pretty low point in this health journey that we're, that we're going on. And I did not think that I needed to go because of my health. But God just said, like, I will provide a way. I will provide for you. You can go. You're, I'm going to sustain you. And praise God, he did it. And it was amazing um, the whole time, like, I did not experience any symptoms until the last day that we were in Mexico. And, but then do you know what else he provided? He provided friends and a community and a team to put hands on me and pray for me. And then he provided enough just to make it through for the rest of the time. It's amazing what God can provide for us. Jesus is a perfect provider. He's not only willing to give up his life for his sheep, but he also provides for them. As a child of God, 
you lack nothing. Maybe it's a financial thing that you need provision for or a place to live or family or health issues. But the shepherd knows what you need when you need it. Jesus is also a perfect protector. We see in verse 3 and 4 and 5 how he is protecting his sheep. This is the second time that lead is mentioned whenever he says in verse 3, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So as I've done research about sheep, I've learned that they cannot discern paths that are um, safe, right? They, they don't have this like mindset of, oh, I think water's that way. I'll go that way. Instead, they think, oh, that path looks nice. And then they go and they end up on the side of a mountain. Do we have any shepherds in the house, by the way? Oh, you're a shepherd. She has sheep. Okay, so she can check me on this. All right. Um, but anyway, so they just, they don't have this mindset of like, oh, I think I'll go this way. It's a good idea. They just kind of go. They also usually follow paths that lead to destruction or death. One story of a shepherd that I was watching or listening to, I listened to stories of shepherds on YouTube and was crying in my living room by myself while Stephen put kids to bed. It was awesome. But as you think of, and they're not, I don't even know if they're believers, but they're shepherds. So go listen to some stories about shepherds and you'll see the parallel and how this illustration of Jesus saying, I'm the shepherd, I'm a good shepherd. It's so true. It'll make you cry, maybe. Um, so one of the stories, a sheep had fallen like off the side of a cliff because they hadn't gone down the right path. They hadn't followed the shepherd. And the um, author, this is actually when I read, the author was talking about how the shepherd like leaped off the side of the 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 cliff made a noose out of its what's that staff and then like leaned down and got the little lamb like to come up and the author was like what are you doing you could have died that was just a lamb like why did you do that and the shepherd was like yeah it is just a lamb and like I wanted to go save it so he knew that he he loved that sheep and he wanted to bring it back onto the path with him um also a story about protection in my life. So if you think of that, I'm a sheep. I have headed down paths of destruction. Am I the only one that has done that? I think that all of us can be like, yeah, that wasn't a great choice. In my teen years, I had so many sins and rebellions that just led me down these paths of destruction that my life could look totally different. But Jesus protected me. He drew me back to himself and he literally just picked me up and plopped me back onto a path of righteousness where I could pursue him. As I confessed sin, and I, it also took like an active part on my part, like cried out to God, cried out to Yahweh, like save me. I am on this really awful path. But conviction of the Holy Spirit, listen to it. It can help you get back on the path of righteousness, right? Um, also, if you're headed down a path of destruction, you can probably know that you're not following the great shepherd too, because he's not going to lead you to destruction. He would never do that to his sheep. That's not his goal. He loves them. Uh, in verse four of Psalm 23, it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil for you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Again, the shepherd is a great protector here. Um, I have some pictures of what it looks like in the Judean hillside with this, these valleys. There are like deep crags, there's caves, there's real danger that's available there for you. Uh, there are thieves that will hide in the caves. 
Um, I'm not sure if lions and bears are there anymore, but maybe there's wild animals at least still. And so the shepherd is saying like, as well, well, David is saying, as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So this word death can also, it doesn't necessarily have to mean death. It can just be a deep darkness or like a cloud of darkness and or bitter experience. So as I walk through this bitter experience or as I walk through this dark cloud, as I walk through this, um, I'm not going to fear evil because you're with me. Because you see if the shepherd's with you, you're good. And of course, death could be encompassed in that too, right? But it doesn't necessarily have to mean death. So during or while the shepherd is walking the sheep through these ravines, they can know that he's with them. In verse 5, this is where the shepherd um, kind of turns from this protector, provider. Well, he's still providing for his sheep, but he's now a gracious host. It says in verse 5, it says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Imagine traveling through that wilderness all day. You've been hypervigilant, trying to make sure how many sheep do I have, counting them. You're making sure they don't go off a cliff. You are ready to rest. And then you finally come to the stopping point for the day because you're headed toward a pasture or headed to the next place. And you seek refuge in your tent. Don't you think that David also understood what it meant to be in the presence of enemies, right? He had a lot of enemies, But David knew that the shepherd was there to provide protection. We can have comfort through all of life situations if God is there to meet our basic needs. We see, number one, he prepares a table for us. This takes forethought, right? He he had to be active in this role. He had to prepare something. It didn't just, like, happen. He He had to do something. The shepherd did. The shepherd also anoints the head with oil. This is extra blessing. Like in these times, like you didn't have to be anointed with oil to like sit at a meal. This is just an extra blessing and an extra portion that that just even symbolizes the Holy Spirit coming on a person. Samuel anointed David in 1 Samuel 16, 13. And from that day forward, forward, David had the spirit of God on him. So this shows us that like the Holy Spirit is in this mix. And then finally, this host also fills up our cup. And it's not just to like the top, but it's overflowing. It shows the generosity of our shepherd. He is so generous. He even tells that woman at the well in John 4. He's declaring to the woman of the well, like, come and drink my water. Come and drink my water because you'll never thirst again. It's eternal, eternal water. The Lord provides, and whenever he provides, it's full and it's complete. There's nothing that that lacks from it. Jesus is our perfect protector. That's the second point. Our great shepherd is with us forever. He protects us. He guides us along with his staff um, to the path of righteousness that he's carved out for us on the side of that mountain. We can trust his protection from danger, knowing that he's on a watch. Okay, the final point and the third point is Jesus is a perfect promise keeper. In verse 6, it says, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, 
and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. After David wrote and then sung the first five verses of this psalm, he has nothing but confidence in the Lord. After all that he has done to declare God as his good shepherd, Yahweh, you are my good shepherd. How can he not be confident and rejoice that God is there with him? Part one of this verse shows us that there is blessing here and now. So it says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So here and now you have blessing. And then it also has in verse um, six, the second part, it, this is an eternal blessing that he's declaring over himself, over himself. He's declaring this over himself. And he says, um, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David maybe is alluding to the temple because he did love to dwell in the house of the Lord. If we read Psalm 27, 4, people had to journey to the temple to experience God's presence. It wasn't like they all had the Holy Spirit in them like we do, right? But now the temple is Christ, and guess where he lives? In you. You're constantly exposed to him. In Psalm 27, 4, it says, One thing, and this is also David, One thing that I have I asked of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. As a Christian, we get to dwell. I'll say it again. As a Christian, we get to dwell in the presence of the Lord forever. God gives us promises. And um, one promise that he gave me this year was Psalm 23, which I had to choose it whenever Mitchell asked if I want to teach this summer. I was like, yeah, I'll do it, and I'll do Psalm 23. Because it was just something that had been spoken, like, over me and just pictures and things that I've been getting from Psalm 23. And um, I felt like the Lord was promising me rest and, like, this widening of my net and just provision that I didn't know that I needed and did you know that in the last two weeks, I have seen God provide for me? And he is a promise keeper because I really think that it has been this, like, leading me down a path that I didn't know. I had to eat these plants along the way that I just, just to get me to the next plant to, like, get to a field, a pasture. And he has given me, he's presented me with a new job that I didn't know that I needed. And um, so that's in the last two weeks. And I've taken that job. And I'm, after just praying into it and listening to God, and that's just what he had for me this year. It was a promise that he gave me. I started to pray into the promise and believe him that he would do it, and then I've seen it fulfilled. Now, sometimes it doesn't happen that fast. I think it's June, <laughs> right? I don't know. I'm a teacher. Um, it's June. But it, sometimes it doesn't happen that fast, you know. Sometimes you pray for a promise that he's given you for years and years and years, and you might not ever see it fulfilled for a long time. But for me, it really was that fast for this one. So that was really amazing. If you've ever received a promise, I encourage you to pray into it now. Um, it shows that you are believing him on what he said and that you trust him, that you're confident that Jesus is a promise keeper. And if you've never, like, received a promise or a word or a prophetic word or anything like that, um, I would beg to differ because if you look at Psalm 23, 6, that is the word of God. 
and it says that you surely goodness and mercy will t- will follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That is a promise that God has given you. And so you could pray that over yourself as a promise. God, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. So you do have promises. If you open up God's word and find one, just start praying it over yourself now. Um, and you can pray it for your family. You can pray it for your spouse if you're married. You can pray it for your mom and dad. You can pray it for yourself. But overall, Jesus is a perfect promise keeper. Because we have a good shepherd leading us. It's Jesus. Surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. It's a guarantee because he said it. (laughs) He also promises that, that no matter what comes our way, we get to dwell in his house forever. So just to sum up, and worship team, you guys can come up too. To sum up, um, number one, Jesus is a perfect provider. There might be ways that you need for him to provide for you in this season of your life. Jesus is a perfect protector. He keeps us safe. He really, really does. And whenever we get off of that, whenever we get off of that path, he like he is a great shepherd to go find us if he if he needs to or go lead us back. And then number three, Jesus is a perfect promise keeper. He speaks things into motion, and then we start praying it, and then we get to, like, sit back and watch what he does. Because whenever he says something, it's true. Um, as we wrap up, I just want us to reflect on the Great Shepherd. And if you feel comfortable, you can close your eyes or you can have out your journal. And I'm just going to lead you through, like, this little reflection for you to think about um, Jesus as your shepherd in Psalm 23 and what you need from your shepherd right now. So picture Jesus as a good shepherd. He's standing on one of the hills in the Judean wilderness, not in one of those green pastures like we thought, even though he could be there too. Now picture a whole flock of sheep behind him. That's us and me. Who is Jesus as the good shepherd to you in this season? Maybe you need a great provider. He leads you along, giving you green pasture to eat, in living water to drink, to sustain you as you're walking down that path that he set before you. He sustains you enough for tomorrow's journey. Or maybe you need a great protector and rescuer. Maybe you've gone down a cliff or jumped off of a dangerous crag or something and you have yourself into this real mess. Jesus can rescue you and he loves bringing back his sheep Remember that story that he leaves the 99 and he comes back for the one? Yeah. Maybe Jesus is walking with you in the valley of the shadow of death, this darkness. But he's ready to protect you and defend you from any lion or thief that's come to destroy you or kill you. Maybe he's a shepherd that's hosting you at a banquet table in the presence of your enemies. Not only does he replenish you with living water, but also the bread of life that sustains you. He anoints your head with oil of gladness and joy. He causes your cup to overflow with goodness. And perhaps maybe the perfect shepherd isn't just one of these things to you, but you need all of them. He's a perfect shepherd. He is a perfect protector. He is a perfect provider. 
and he has really great promises for you, and he'll keep his promises. Thank you, God, that you keep promises and that you're a great shepherd. As we wrap up, um, the worship team will just lead us in some worship. I've put some application questions up here um, for you just to reflect on, but you can also come and receive prayer if you need prayer. Just maybe jot down something that God is a great shepherd to you is as well. Um, the journal questions just ask what areas of your life do you need to trust the good shepherd to be your provider or protector? And then he is a perfect promise keeper. So what promises ha- do you need to hold on to? Or what area in your life do you need a promise from him? Because he loves to give promises. Thanks for being here today.